Welcome back to episode five of Raging Nerds, where we'll rage all over your eardrums. Of course, this is Thirsty, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. <laughs> this is John. <laughs> I'm, I'm lovely today. Lovely, this is amazing. yeah, I know. Oh, I feel so. I feel like a like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> he's he's my princess. My princess. Pretty, pretty princess. <laughs> um, so this week is hella busy. Yes. Oh, my God. So yes. busy. So today's Monday. Um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. This week is Comic Palooza. Uh, the Comic Palooza in downtown Houston. Yes. Okay. So, of course, 25th to 27th, uh, we are going as podcasters. We are going to be at the podcast panel, which is, there's like a little booth that's next to Artist Alley. It's on the sales floor. And we're going to be there on Saturday at 3 p.m. We will also be selling some Raging Nerds t-shirts there. $20, cash, PayPal, whatever you want to pay. We are totally open to that. It's only 20 bucks for an awesome t-shirt. I am also going to be on the women's podcast panel, which is... Oh, let me go through my notes here real quick. Here we go. Um, it's the Women in Podcasting panel on Sunday, May 27th at 2 o'clock in room 352C. Awesome. And then I am also on the main podcast panel. Which, and if you look in your program or the app, it'll be the official Com- Comic Palooza podcast partnership panel. That's going to be Friday, May 25th, 630 in room 352C as well. I asked John whenever we first started recording, I'm like, hey, man, when it, when is that other panel? Because we just got accepted to that one. And he's all like, it's Friday. And I went, what? <laughs> and he's like, well, is there something else going on? And I could be, oh, I'm going to be there Friday. I just wasn't prepared to actually do something Friday. <laughs> oh, I'll be there in all of my glory as well. Of course, of course. Those wonderful okay. panels that we'll all be a part of. It's easy to find me. I'll be probably dressed as Silent Bob while I'm there at one of them. Oh, probably I mean, not. I can imagine, you know, you being Silent Bob. I'm I'm thinking of some cosplays. I have a Bowser outfit that I just realized that I could wear. Um, I have a Nurse Joy outfit. I'm actually thinking about doing a dark Sailor Moon outfit. Um, but kind of just like low key, you know, like nothing t- super fancy, just kind of, you know, one of those, I call them lazy cosplays where you just slap on a wig and some makeup and you're like, I'm this person. You can't say otherwise. <laughs> it's kind of like how I discovered that I could be silent. Exactly. Pop. I already had the you're, trench coat. <laughs> yes, you're like, wait, I could do this cosplay and it's pretty legit and I have to do nothing. <laughs> Best cosplays. Oh, yes. But we're super excited for Comic Palooza. It is going to be pimp. Um, but we have some people that we're actually really interested in looking into. Oh, yes. Uh, the one that I really want to meet is Dante uh, Basco. I think I'm, I know I'm butchering his name, mm-hmm. but anyone my age or younger will remember him as. Rufio Hell from Hook. Yes, Rufio. That's, every time I talk to anyone about Comic Palooza, they're like, Rufio's going to be there. <laughs> I'm excited to see Spider Man, of course. he His uh, speed pass, like, sold. It's sold. Like, it's sold in a matter of a couple days. It was crazy. There's so many cool people there, but I'm really excited to see Spider Man. One thing I think you have to wonder, though, with uh, Tom Holland, how many times. Is he going to have people at his booth waving an infinity gauntlet in his face, trying to snap their fingers? Oh my god! And people are, people are like, (laughs) I don't feel so good. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That'd be amazing, Mister Stark. I don't feel so good. Cry, cry. I'm sorry. I remember when Optimus Prime died in 1986. That sucked all the tears out of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see you guys there. Do not forget to buy a t-shirt. Definitely pick one up. Uh, But for our podcast this week, our theme is boss battles. So let's go around the net. And now we go around... The net. 
Okay, so for around the net, I picked out some top-rated bosses. Uh, these are actually some pretty cool bosses that I've personally encountered, so they're legit ranking. Um, this is ranked, I guess, least hardest to most. Hard? Hardest, hardest. I know. You know. I'm looking at the list, and <laughs> the first one we're going to be talking about, he was a bitch. <laughs> He was. Okay, so the first one is M. Bison from Street Fighter 2. Now, what I had to do to beat Bison is I just made his strength level 1. Cheater! <laughs> I, was a, I was a kid! Come on! I was a kid, too. You know how I beat him, Chun-Li? <laughs> yes, okay, so with Bison, he constantly attacks you, and he does like a lot of like heavy damages, spin kicks. He is very um, assault- physical driven and that's what makes it so hard to beat him um he's constantly berating you with attacks so i just lowered that bitch's level to level one that's all i'm saying oh for me he kept <laughs> damp dancing on my head <laughs> yeah no i mean he's a really he's a, a legit boss and people don't realize that super nintendo super nintendo and original nintendo had some amazing games. I know that I don't have it on the list, but the the Gigas or it's G I G Y A S. It's it's the bosses of Earthbound. It was like this whole entity that was present throughout the whole video game, but you never saw the boss mm. until the very end. But it was like a presence in the entire video game, and it's just so intimidating. But I mean, just awesome, awesome bosses in the early video games. Oh yes. Uh, but the second one that I picked encountered this earlier is Death from Castlevania. Um, so pretty much Death is a reoccurring boss in all Castlevanias, um, especially the early ones. And to progress to fight Dracula, you have to fight these kind of like mini bosses. <laughs> and so Death has a scythe or sickle, whatever you want to call it. And part of the attack is that the scythe blade part of it, it spins off, and then like 20, 20 little scythes are everywhere, and they're like spinning and attacking you, and you can't get away from them. And he's really hard because he floats, and he swipes from side to side, and then he attacks you with his scythe. So he's definitely a really hard boss. Have you, You've played Castlevania. Uh, I played Castlevania, and I got about halfway through, but I kept getting the worst <laughs> weapon you could ever get in that game, and that's the dagger. See? And it, it always right. seems to drop See? right on top yeah. of me, and then I'm stuck with a dagger until I find another awesome weapon. And, that, and you know what? That kind of really sucks about it. I played uh, Super Castlevania. That's like actually one of my favorite ones. But they had like, what is it, Castlevania 1, 2, and 3 on the regular yes. Nintendo. And it kind of was a luck of the draw kind of thing. And it kind of blowed. I mean, it was... But at the same time, you got an awesome weapon. Fuck the crossbow or some shit. You're like, yeah. And then the dagger fall on yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, so what sucked about some of these bosses is that... Some weapons you had to have to make the game easier. Like, some bosses, if you had a crossbow, fucking perfect. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you can hit them from far away. But I hate it when you die and they revive you and they're like, here, you have a knife. What am I going to do with this, man? I'm on boss, like, number five. I'm almost at with Dracula. What am I going to do with a knife? I'm going to poke him. Well, you're going to die again. <laughs> you're going to die again. Have to retype in those codes. Yep. <laughs> Um, so for the next one, this is actually um, a very interesting boss that I encountered in my early years. This came in, out in 98, so I was only 8 years old. Um, this is a Psycho Mantis. John had this look on his face like, oh my god, you're only 8. <laughs> 98, where was I? I was a junior, sophomore and junior in high school. Jesus Christ, I'm man. old. That's I'm horrible. old. You are. You I have are. made a lot um, of XPs and advanced in levels. <laughs> so, in hindsight, defeating Metal Gear Solid Psycho Manus is pretty easy. All you have to do is plug in the game controller into another port to fool the villain. Uh, but for players who weren't in on the joke in 1998, uh, Psycho Mantis was a nightmare. He first demonstrates his telepathic powers by reading the contents of your play PlayStation's memory card. Um, it, it was super creepy. I didn't even know about this. I, be I had to beat him the hard way. Um, 
he was like, oh, I know what you're doing. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, what is this game doing? And he would take over your controller using the rumble settings, and he would predict where you were going. It made it almost impossible to fucking do this shit, man. It was crazy. Once the battle starts, he becomes basically invincible, using his mind reading power to predict every move you make. Uh, gosh, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Even, I mean, it's been 20 years, man. It's been 20 years. Yep. And it's a still a heart. Man, 20 years. 1990 was 20 years ago. Doesn't feel like that. It doesn't. It's like 10. It was 10 years ago, right? That's how I feel. Like I mean, it's just like you add to us. Uh, so I, I know. <laughs> I, I think like, that was 20 years ago. That was the 90? That was like the, like, when was that? <laughs> Because there's there's a whole right, there's a whole decade yeah. in there with my generation we just don't care yeah. about. The eighties were only twenty years ago, man. Eighties were only twenty yep. years ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um so the next one is probably my favorite boss ever, perhaps. This is actually kind of one of those secret little uh, Easter eggs in a video game. Ooh. So this is Culex from Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. This is one of the games that was incredibly different because Nintendo actually co-made the video game with Squaresoft. Ooh. I know. I mean, it's incredibly interesting. The video game is my favorite Mario game. I it's if you haven't played it, you need to play it. You can get a computer download for like seven or eight bucks. And you can buy the Super Nintendo copy if you have a Super Nintendo. A Super Nintendo copy for like 45, 50 bucks. Oh, a good place to get that would be Game Over Video Games. Hell yeah, man. Game Over Video Games. I discovered uh, GameStop. So, you know, that they buy and they sell retro video games, but not really in store. If you go to their app, if you're a pro member like I am, <laughs> they give you like 20% off on all video games. I don't like giving them and more so, money than I have to. <laughs> oh no, I know. I love like I I love GameStop. I love it. Um, Think Geek bought into them, and so they sell that stuff there too. And I get a I get a discount off of them. But their retro video games, you the only downside is that you don't know exactly what it looks like when they send it to you. Oh uh, yeah. I bought Ninja Gaiden one and two for the NES off of there, and I was kind of hesitant, but it was only like six ninety nine, seven ninety nine, which is great price considering the game, and that's why I bought it. And I can't, the packages came in Ninja Gaiden 1, perfect condition, no label tearing, no nothing. Second one had minimal damage to the label. I'm a label person. If it's a shitty label, I am not going to buy it. You know, I, I like my shit to be as pristine as possible. It had a little bit of damage to it, nothing too crazy. And it's a great buy, honestly. I was looking at this earlier, they have Chrono Trigger on GameStop. They have it for like 69 bucks with my discount, which is, yeah, it's fucking amazing. It's amazing. They have really good discounts. Only downside is that you can't really see what it looks like before you buy it. Well, it looks like I'm going to be going on eBay a lot to get the reproduction label. <laughs> yeah, man. eBay is the best. So, Culex is an awesome Final Fantasy reference in the Super Mario game. Uh, he is actually located in Monster Town. There's like three or four doors, and there's one door that's locked, and it says that you need keys to get in. So, when you go to sleep in this Monster Town, these little three um, ghouls come up. They're monsters. They come up, and they talk to you while you sleep. And they give you clues on where to find these mystery keys while you're sleeping. So if you follow all these clues, I remember one um, is located on Yoshi Island, and then there's one located behind the Toad symbol of Toad Town, or something. It was like Toad Something Town, and I forget where the third. The third one's located in the sea, I think. But anyway, it's really cool. So once you get all three keys, you go back to Monster Town, right? And you're able to fight Kulix. And it's super awesome. It's very reminiscent of Final Fantasy. Uh, they put it in there just for the Final Fantasy lovers. He's super fucking hard to beat. You actually have to be leveled up in order to fight him. Um... I mean, you have to do some heavy grinding. And Toadstool is a must because she has all the telekinetic, you know, psychic powers. Yeah. Milo has to be on there. You need a healer. Toadstool's a healer, too. Uh, it's just really hard. You have to be leveled up and you, you know, you have to know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> hmm. Remember that game. I think I have that game. You need to finish playing I know it. I need to finish. You really do. I know. I do. But I got a whole bunch of stacks of other games. I still haven't finished Skyward Sword. That just shows you how crazy my life has been. Well, <laughs> the, on the top of the priority list is RPG Man. Really? Okay. 
<laughs> okay, so for the next boss, I put Lavos from Chrono Trigger. Now, man, fucking Chrono Trigger is the shit. Um, I was looking up some research before this episode, and there was, like, all these cool videos and everything, and there's multiple endings to Chrono Trigger, if you guys don't know that. It is amazing. Lavos is the entity. He brings on the end of the world, and, you know, throughout the whole timeline, you encounter him, and et cetera, et cetera. You should know what Chrono Trigger oh, is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a copy. It's imported, and I use it on my yes, retro. No, but I'm, ta- I'm, I'm talking about my, the, the listeners. You guys better know what Chrono Trigger is. <laughs> or Thirsty will find you. <laughs> Chrono Trigger is really cool. You can get a download version on your phone. Um, you can buy one online. It's like seven, eight bucks to play online. There's so many ways you can play it nowadays. You can also get it. I actually have my Chrono Trigger version for the PS1. So that's definitely an option, too. Hmm. I knew it was on the the DS. I remember that. Yeah, there's even one on the DS. I mean, it's on on every platform. (laughs) It's a damn good game. It really is. So it's, it's really good. The thing about him is that he has so many body parts and entities that come out of him that he's constantly healing himself, he's constantly berating you. It's really hard to beat him. These are one of the bosses, again, where you have to fucking grind. You have to grind to get to that level where you can defeat him. Damn. You you, you fought Lost, oh, Lava No, um, like with Chrono Trigger, I played it when I was really young. Um, mm-hmm. Then I got it again, and I played it, and I got stuck in the exact same... Spot. What did you get stuck on? It's whenever I had to go into the other world with the domes and all that stuff, and I got stuck somewhere in oh, there. Oh, I know what you're talking about. No, that's a really good part of the video game. That's when you go to the future, yeah. and uh, you're doing all that, all those quests. That's no, but that's a really good part of the game. How do you? I okay. There's, the, I know there's a couple of parts where you can get stuck there. That's for sure. I don't, I don't want to tell too much because I know there's probably at least a couple of people that never played it. Um, so for my final boss, the hardest boss that I could personally think of is Emerald Weapon. Now, Emerald Weapon is from Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII is my favorite RPG. It is my fi- favorite Final Fantasy game. Um, it, if you've never played it, I, I'm sorry. You need to go get a copy right now. <laughs> Um, so Emerald Weapon, he lives in the sea and you can only get to him by submarine. So he's again, kind of one of those secret bosses. You don't really need to fight him to progress in the video game, but it's fucking hella cool and he gives you cool ass shit and you need to fight him. It's just part of the game. Final Fantasy VII was before its time because it had so many side quests. It had an amazing storyline, amazing characters. I mean, just like, it's a great video game and definitely before its time. Um, It's so massive and that's why we're having so many issues right now with the Final Fantasy VII Remake because they don't know how they're going to release Final Fantasy VII. They don't know if they're going to do chapters. They don't know if they're going to release it little by little. They don't know if they're going to do a whole video game. They do not know. They just need to just whip it Dude, out. Dude, if they release it by chapters, I'll be hella happy because then they'll be like big chapters and I'll easily pay them, man. I will pay them every chapter. I, sh- I so would. Um, so it's a super boss and it its HP is over 1 million. So it's way more than Sephiroth. Um, it's way more than any other boss. And <laughs> the, the killing thing about this is that you have a 20 minute time limit to fight it okay so it's essentially like back in the days of like sonic the hedgehog where you had 10 minutes to get through the level or you died it's it's just it's just honestly really crazy i've never encountered that in uh, in any other final fantasy games um final fantasy 7 had a lot of countdowns in it they had the countdown uh when you're blowing up the mako reactor it had a bunch of other countdowns so it's again it's a game made before it's time. Like, it's just... Final Fantasy VII is such a trendsetter. It's so good. It really is. I know I have that game. Let me just have to dig it out and play it without the uh, Game Shark. That screwed up my game. But yeah, man, you, you really need to. It's a really good game. That's it for our bosses, so we're going to lead right into questions. It's a time for questions. 
So our first question, the music that is played during the boss battle would make it memorable for me. What were some of the best music for boss battles? Uh, I loved I loved Final Fantasy boss battle themes in general, but Final Fantasy VII boss battle themes and just actual just like battle theme is actually pretty amazing. Sephiroth, you know, it's like Sephiroth. <laughs> <laughs> That whole theme is really amazing when you're fighting Sephiroth. Um, what are some other good ones? Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger is amazing. Fighting um, Ganondorf. That is some good music. Um, I love the music when Super Mario fights yes. Bowser. That is some good mm. shit. Um, in, in general, um, I think, what is it, Super Mario Galaxy 2 is one of the best ones that I've heard, because it's like they, the whole orchestra and everything like that. Um, Castlevania is really good. Oh, here we go. We got one for back for down memory lane. Sonic mm-hmm. 1, when you're fighting Dr. Robotnik in the final zone. Yeah. The music just set the tone for how urgent mm-hmm. it was to beat the guy. You know what I really liked? I liked Aladdin's music, too, for the Super Nintendo. Okay, good thing you had to specify, because there were two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. it's weird, because they were totally different, even though they were the same video game. Oh, yeah, well, you got the Super Nintendo one, which was made by Capcom, and then the one on Sega right. Genesis, they actually went to Disney and had them help out make it, is which so is why weird. if you play the game, you'll see a whole bunch of fucking mouse ears in the background. Mm. That is so weird. I didn't even realize oh, yeah. that. That's crazy. The more mm-hmm. you know, right? Um, but yeah, boss battle music made the game for me. What boss fight is the hardest you ever fought? I would have to say Emerald Weapon Man. That, I mean, that's a really hard one. It was so much grinding. Um, it was. It's almost impossible to fight him. And then you have that 20 minute limit. Uh, it, it was crazy. Mm. I don't really know of one that was like really hard because you just had to figure out what the pattern was after you know, like a lot of the games that I played. Well, yeah, that's like early in video games, but like when we're talking about like RPGs, like the late '90s when it was more strategy. Yeah. Uh, back in the early games, yeah, there was definitely patterns, and that's how people beat them. But later on in current games of today, it's I can't it's help not. it. I'm old. <laughs> uh, John doesn't play video games. I, I do. Games. <laughs> I, I, it depends on when I can find time to do it. Um. Oh, I know. I, I know what you mean. Like I, I bought uh, Life is Strange, the prequel to the yeah. Life is Strange, and I bought like the whole limited edition pack, everything like that. And I still haven't paid. It. I still haven't played it. Not one look at time, and it's I, I I'm busy everything with Comicalooza, everything with all of our other conventions. I mean, there's never any time to do any of it. Oh, I know. So eventually, I'm gonna have to bust out my portable game system that I built and bring that to conventions to catch up. Dude, we should do that shit. Like, bring like a tablet or laptop to use as a screen. I have an overhead projector. Then, no, we should do it. <laughs> we should. <laughs> Fuck yes, let's do it, guys. Do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm down. Oh, yeah, We're yeah. Bring some just people. watch us play video games and <laughs> just have us talk crap to each other the entire time. That'd be great. It, it'd be. We're just gonna call it That's here Twitch it, live. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is pretend Twitch. This is like what actual playing video games. Uh, was there ever a boss fight? at an RPG that you weren't strong enough to defeat and you got stuck or had to reload and level <laughs> up. Yeah, Lavos. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, there was lots of video games. Uh, mm. Final Fantasy 8. And Final Fantasy 8 would suck because you would have to... So in Final Fantasy games, you would you had separate CDs. This is back in the day when you had PS1, PS2. And you had four CDs. You had four d- CDs to put in. And if you tried to go back and you already saved and you try to go back to a different CD, it says, nope, you need to put in CD4. Fuck you, PlayStation. But I'm putting in CD3. Give me CD3 now, damn it. Which is why you use the <laughs> hack of you make multiple copies of your save file on your card. Oh, yeah, of course. That's what you do now. Yeah, but, you know, you're not thinking about that when you're balls deep in a boss battle and you're like, well, fuck, I'm done. Oh, I know, I know. Mm. 
But that also reminds me, no, 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 that doesn't remind me of anything. It's clicked in there, then we're like, nope, that's the wrong thing. So we're just going to continue. <laughs> I had an old people's moment. <laughs> uh, but did, did you ever have to do that where you have to like, start or yes. type in a different code? Obviously. Legend of Zelda. <laughs> the first one. Oh my god. I can imagine. No, I, I can imagine. No, because, like, if you quit or if you lose, like, it resets everything. And so it's really hard. Which is why I found out the little. There was a glitch, actually, in Link Between Worlds. Yeah. Where you had. You, know, you came, like, a painting and you're going through little cracks on the wall and stuff. Mm-hmm. Going back and forth. Well, if you die before the sequence ended, restart the game. Interesting. Because apparently the game kept track of how many times the fairies revived you. Right. And he went through the whole game doing that. Mm-hmm. And it came up at the end, like, after all the credits and everything, like, here, he used the fairy zero times. Okay, cool. You unlocked hero mode. Awesome. That is super cool, man. That is so cool. So, what is your favorite boss? Hmm. That is a good question. Because, Grant, like, I play Legend of Zelda, I play Metroid. I think it's just the different incarnations of Ganon. Because there's always, like, they got, There's a lot. And they got actually easier as the games progressed of how easy it was to beat him, which kind of annoyed me. Especially with whenever you're doing uh, Zelda 64, and you got Navi mm-hmm. going, here, hit him in the tail. Hit him in the tail. Like, I, I, now you tell me? You didn't yeah. tell me this when I got whacked across the, the room <laughs> like five times? Thank you. I think... I think there were a couple Legend of Zelda games that kind of got a little easier, focused more towards kids, but I think it's picking back up. The last Legend of Zelda, it's really good. Um, Breath of the Wild or whatever it's called. That's it. It's a really good, it's really intense. It's a really intense game. The graphics are amazing. It's really nice and refreshing to see like a really good Legend of Zelda video game. Oh yeah, especially when we went back to the open world concept like the original. Yes! That is what's amazing. I love it. They compared the map to Morrowind. It said that it was so massive. Ooh. Yeah, I know. And there's they're adding stuff all the time during updates and you know, you order extra packages and whatnot and so it's it's a really good game. For me, I would have to say Bowser. I love Bowser. I'm a huge Super Mario Nintendo fan and Bowser is the perfect an- an- antagonist, honestly. Oh yeah. He's amazing. I mean, he's he's very true to himself. He wants Princess Peach. He's going to get the bitch, you know. <laughs> and he doesn't like Mario, you know. He's always going to he's always going to stick it to him, you know, and it's like he's honest. Well, you know, it's kind of like the correlation between like, you know, Popeye and Bluto. Yeah. Popeye is Mario and Bluto is Mario. Bluto keeps taking olive oil, which is Princess Peach. Mm-hmm. Or as I remember her, Princess Toadstool. <laughs> yes. Okay. So they're 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 both in the same. Now, Princess Peach is the princess of Toadstool Kingdom, and so that's why they also call her Princess Toadstool. And there was also a very confusing point where they're like, is Princess Toadstool and Princess Peach different? Is you know who's Princess Daisy? Is Princess Daisy you know this princess? And so it can get confusing, but they're one and the same. Oh yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really different. Like um, in '64, she addressed herself as Peach. In earlier video games, she addressed herself as Princess Toadstool. I think it just became in the er- early video games. Okay, now these are Japanese video games, right? Yeah. And as Japanese, they're very formal people. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was more of a cultural shift that that's why they switched from Princess Toadstool, which is most likely her surname, to Princess Peach. Okay, so Princess Peach Toadstool. That's not, yes. that's not weird at all. <laughs> <laughs> what makes a final boss stand the test of time? Um, mm. Honestly... I don't necessarily think it is the boss, but it's the characters and the relationship with the boss. Like Lavos and Chrono Trigger, it's 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 awesome. Sephiroth and Cloud. I mean, these are characters, and it's because of the story that builds up to it. Squall and Ultima. Um, no, hold on. Squall and Ultimecia. You know, great. It's just, it's the story that leads up to the boss battle. And that's my opinion. Well, yeah, same thing like with Link and Ganon. 
Yes, there's always a story. There's always a story yeah, there. Yeah, with when it came with the Triforce, Link, Ganon, and Zelda all had a piece. Mm-hmm. And Ganon, being the greedy bastard that he is, wanted to wanted to rip their hands off and take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But instead, he gets spanked every time. <laughs> But I, I think what makes a great final boss is the relationship and the overcoming that the main character has to do. Oh. Because if there's no story and you're just playing a side scroller and you just get to the boss and you kill him, okay, you know, what's the story behind that? Oh, yeah, you have to have the story behind the characters and all that because there has to be some kind of internal conflict between them. It's right. just like any book that you read or anything like that. You wouldn't read a book that exactly. you wouldn't read a book that had just like, okay, hey, he's doing this, and hey, he found this one person and just killed him. That wouldn't make an interesting right. story at all. Exactly, and that's why honestly, that's why I love RPGs more than any other type of video game because RPGs they allow you to have that story, they allow you to have that freedom of talking to other people finding those interactions, finding those side stories. I've met some people that play RPGs and they just go do the quests and it's super weird and you don't find out the story. I'm like, what are you doing, man? I'm at God. I went on this date with one dude years ago and he was playing a new game on the Wii U and the Wii U just came out, man. This is how old I am. You're you're right. The Wii U came out and he was playing a new video game And he wasn't talking to any of the side characters. And I look at him and I said, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, well, it says that I need to go here. Okay, why aren't you talking to all these side people? Oh, I don't do that. I'm just going to go, you know, beat the game. This isn't World of Warcraft. It's this. That's a monster. He was a monster. It did not work out. No. (laughs) I went out with two dates with this dude and I was like, nah, man, I'm good. And you just play video games with someone, and you'll realize what kind of individual they are. See, <laughs> That's all I'm see, saying. See, most people find out that they would think I'm a sadistic bastard because I would play, <laughs> like, one girl I dated for a while. Um, like, hey, they kept getting like, okay, let's play a video game. Let's play a video game. She's like, no, no, no. And I was like, come on, I got new Halo. I got new Halo. Let's play that together. Okay. And unfortunately, I, I had the game for, like, a week before I, I asked her to play with me. Play it with me. So, of course, I learned the maps. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Found one spot. Like, okay, hey, I found the rocket launcher. Let me toss this gun down. Hey, honey, where are you? Come on. Come this way. No, no, no. In the game. (laughs) (laughs) She comes over there like, hey, there's a gun here. Why can't I pick it up? Hey, honey, look up. No, no. In the game. Shit, man, that's shit, that's shit, that's, that's what and it is. And then whenever... Don't date men like John. I'm sorry, it's just one of those little things that I don't get a chance to play video games with people, and unfortunately, I learned the maps. And so I, so the one time, the one no, time no, you get to play a video game with no, no, someone... No, that like- was the second time. The first time was when I ran my own game server of Unreal Tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's the maps I put in. Again, uh, you're you're just proving my point. I know, man. I know, I know. But nope. John's a shitty loser. No, no, I'm not a shitty loser. I'm just you know, I play the game to win. By cheating, I don't okay. cheat. And by cheating, we're gonna go to how tech can help. How tech can help. Okay, so. We got we got some tech. Yes, we do. That can help you beat those boss ass bitches, man. Okay, number one, Game Genie. Oh yes, uh, wonderful booklets. Now, Game Genie, there was actually some video games that actually had circumstances that would go around it, and they wouldn't let you play it if the Game Genie was on there. The Game Genie was for Super Nintendo. Nintendo. Uh, what else was it for? They were up for Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Nintendo actually okay. tried to sue Galoo yeah. for using it on them, saying it was copyright infringement. Sega Genesis right. fully embraced it, but with only mm-hmm. one exception. It would not work on any games that had an internal save battery. That was their only clause. Got you. And so Galoo mm. was like, okay. That's crazy. But yeah, no, uh, Nintendo got really pissed off about it. They actually made safe ways where they couldn't work around it. And if you try to plug in a Game Genie, it either stop working at the very beginning it wouldn't let you play or it would just get harder and harder or free to play or delete your entire save file yes that too it yeah, didn't um 
what was that game? I, I can't remember the the U.S. version, but the import version name was Mother. Yeah, Earthbound. It would make it harder and harder and harder, and then eventually just delete your shit. That's some evil stuff right there. It is, but I mean, hey, you're selling these video games for eighty, you know, ninety dollars or whatever. And video games back then were actually made to be enjoyed, to be played for a really long time. And people were trying to do these like little go rounds, you know, and that wasn't part of the game. Oh yeah. Oh, I almost forgot. They also had the Game Genie on Game Boy, Game Boy Color. Okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Sega Game Gear. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I know. I own them. They had the uh, Game Shark for the Nintendo. And stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Not Nintendo, but like the Game Boy, the Hell and Hand Handle. Yeah, but that was still the uh, that was still the Game Genie. The Game Shark didn't really come around until the disc eras. No, I have some small ones for like handhelds. Really? Yeah. Oh god, I want to see these. I have it somewhere. It's in my room. See, we didn't have Game Genies when I was a kid. I mean, they're around, but we didn't own any um, because our parents. First of all, I bought my Super Nintendo, and I bought all the video games that I played. So. I savored <laughs> every game that I only had, like, what is it, four or five growing up. So it was actually, I wanted to savor it, level up, do all that kind of good stuff. I didn't want to, you know, take the fast way around things. Well, I didn't own a Game Genie until, you know, my loosely translated adulthood. Mm-hmm. But my friend who uh, had all the games because, well, yeah, he just did. <laughs> and we like, hey, let's try this. And then, like, okay, because we wanted to like play this game. Like, let's go put it on this level. Like, okay, multiple alphanumeric code, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started getting because I didn't buy my own Game Shark. My brother gave me his old Game Shark. Um, and Game Shark was really popular around, you know, PS2, Playstations. Uh, that's what I remember using it a lot for, uh, you know, Final Fantasy games. Because there were some bosses that you just couldn't fucking beat. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you just wanted to get fucking through it. And so, Game Shark, for me, was a lot better than Game Genie. Just because even Game Genie could fuck your shit up. It could lose battery save. Uh, it can mess your stuff up. Uh, Game Shark... One time it kind of messed up a data save, but I just went back to a previous one and it wasn't that big of a difference. But I liked Game Shark. Yeah. See, I, I like Game Genie, but well, one little t- nugget of trivia information mm-hmm. the Game Genie was made in Canada while the Game Shark was made in Britain. No way. That's too funny. I never yep. knew that. I am full of useless knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. We have the Game Shark, we have Game Genie. Now, we also have online walkthroughs. Now, whenever I get stuck in places, it happens. Like, I get stuck in places, especially with those puzzle games like Outlast and games like that where you have to do certain things or you can't figure out how to beat a boss. Uh, They have walkthroughs at gamefaqs.gamespot.com and I always use them when I'm stuck somewhere because you know what it's okay to admit that you can't get past something you know they make games pretty hard well see I'm, I'm from the early days of the interwebs they didn't have mm-hmm. that back then they did not see I have a whole box okay so this is gonna date us <laughs> so you actually had to buy walkthrough books Okay, and I mean, they were like, what is it, $20, $30, maybe more if you got a really nice one. Uh, about, about, um, they're about and, 30 bucks, give or take. Right. Nowadays, exactly. they kind of include it in there. Hey, you want to get this? You can get like 10 bucks off yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah, they have like special edition ones. And mostly you buy it just for, to have it. It's like a special edition kind of yeah. thing. Um, but I have like a whole box full of walkthroughs. I have one for The Legend of Zelda on the Game Boy. I have one that is a compilation. It's actually Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9. It's a whole walkthrough with all of them. It's actually really cool. Um, I have some Star ones. It's like Star something, Star Outlast, or something like that. Or Star, I don't know, Starbound? I think, I don't know, some shit. (laughs) It's a good video game, but I never played it. Um, So I have like a whole box full of walkthroughs but this is so much easier and cheaper <laughs> i still remember when they're like the early days of the interwebs like i got stuck in in zelda ocarina of time at the infamous 
water temple. Of course. No, it wasn't the water temple, actually. No, I, I figured my way through that one. It was the freaking okay. Lost Woods. That's interesting. I can see where you got lost, though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it comes in the name. <laughs> yeah. But either way, like, I'm trying to find the thing. Unfortunately, you know, I didn't have, like, you know, fancy TVs like they had back then. I had, you know, the third hand-me-down TV where the, bu- where the bulb and it's, like, half dead. So I didn't see right. the darkened thing in the corner, which was I the that. door yes. to get through. That's the one I needed. Right. Yes. Okay. So back in the day, we had tube TVs, right? Yeah. And we didn't have this like nice flat screen TV, HD, whatever, all this other Backlit. shit. Backlit. So we had a tube. <laughs> yeah, we had we had tube TVs, and it was like a pain to make it brighter or darker and sometimes you couldn't even find that option to make it brighter or darker so i know exactly what the fuck you're talking about man oh my god like i i could not play um resident evil that shit was hard fuck resident evil fuck you (laughs) like i'm not playing you um but yes i know exactly what you're talking about one of the things that actually did work good for doom on uh xbox uh-huh. Yeah, play that on a tube TV that's like half dead at night. Why do you have a tube TV st- in an Xbox? I still do have a tube TV. Oh my god, what is wrong with you? Because I like it because it can play. I can play my light zapper games for NES on it. You're crazy. Okay, you can. I understand that, but you can get like a fifty dollars. Oh, I know. I, I'm already saving up for the TV I want, which is um, it's gonna sound horrible, but it's a 3D TV. Because the peak. Oh no, they're they're fucking cool. My mom has oh, yeah. them. Shit, shit's Especially awesome. when the PlayStation Three is a very cheap 3D Blu-ray player. It is. No, it is. Honestly, it is. That's what my, my mom does the same thing. Yeah, that's the only reason. So I'm already got doing designs to actually build a cabinet. So I have all my stuff on there, which I'll have anchored down with slide-out drawers, so I can pull them out, drop that's the trays really cool. on it. But yeah, so I still have the tube, which is going to be on the bottom because that thing's fucking heavy as hell. Which is why yes. there's an obesity rate in this country because TVs went from the big heavy tube TVs <laughs> to the thin, big, lightweight flat screen TVs. We got fatter because of that. <laughs> I've seen the comics where they do the comparison, and yeah, we got fatter as TVs got skinny. Um, but that is it. That is it for How Tech and Help Man. And we are going to go to the female perspective. So, for the female perspective, I'm actually going to talk about some boss-ass bitches, okay? These are my numero uno female bosses. Okay, so for my first pick, I picked Ultimecia, which is from Final Fantasy VIII. Now, playing the video game the first round, if you don't really pay attention to the storyline, you can kind of get lost. Uh, But it's a great storyline. Um... So now Ultimecia, she's actually an entity that's going back in time trying to cause the end of the world. So she possesses a girl called Ida Kramer. She goes back in time. Now Ultimecia uses Ida as a host to infiltrate the government of Galbadia and is appointed ambassador of Galbadia by President Vinzer Dealing. She's trying to cause the end of the world She's trying to possess other people through Adia, and what ends up happening is that she faces Squall and his friends, and while she is pretty much, I guess you can say, dying, she tries to compress the whole time and space and kill everyone. While Squall and his friends, they stay alive, she falls in a massive explosion as time begins to decompress. As Ultimecia cannot die until she passes on her sorcerer's power, she ends up at Adia's orphanage in the past, where she passes on her power to Adia Kramer of the time. In doing so, Ultimecia ultimately perpetuates her predestined default while fading away in a cloud of purple smoke. I think that was really cool whenever that happened. Um, I w- it was just crazy. So Squall and his friends, they actually go back in time through Ultimecia's powers and possess other people. And they find out the backstory of other characters and this whole other timeline. 
and it's incredibly interesting. I never saw another Final Fantasy game do that, and it was very interesting and different. But the whole game is Ultimisia trying to cause into the world. Okay. And fighting her is crazy. I mean, she's extremely tough. Towards the end, her arms become these long, like, spike gangles that are bigger than her body. And so she is not a girl to be reckoned with. I'll give you that. For my next one, I have Kume and Kotaki from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina. Ah, also, yes. <laughs> they also go by Twintova. Ah, uh, yes, the two twin sisters. Yes, yeah, so one is driven by fire and one is driven by ice. Um, so whenever you're fighting these things, of course, as a gamer, I always try to go at them with all of my physical everything and I'm like okay I'm gonna kill them okay why the fuck aren't they dying <laughs> so, <laughs> so what ends up happening is you actually have to use your shield as one sister is hitting you you have to aim that power to the corresponding sister so if a fire one hits you you have to hit the fire with the ice by moving in a specific direction now Ocarina of Time on the GameCube, there was so many fucking buttons. It was so hard to move. Like, oh, GameCube, why you do this? Like, their controller was absurd. Oh, don't tell like, me you hated the WaveBird controller. No, I did. It was. I can't. So did everybody else. Them. Like, I'm. I'm glad they re-released it to other platforms. Um, but definitely, it was. It was. It was one of those games where you had to think outside the box. Um, you had to think, like, okay, well, what do I need to do? Um, they're powerful sisters, and it's awesome. They're twins. Uh, for my last one, this one's weird. So this is the Mother Brain from Super Metroid. Now, you get to the very end, and there is a brain in this glass case. Mm-hmm. And you break the case by attacking it. You kill the brain. Um, the brain drops to the floor, and you're like, wow, that's super easy right okay so the brain starts you know rumbling and it fucking pops up and all of a sudden there's like this t-rex human fucking thing attacking you it is the weirdest thing ever it's like this human t-rex and you know she's attacking you and attacking you and you're hitting her and she's hitting you with this ray and all you can do is just die towards this end and then a metroid comes in and it saves you. Oh, yeah. And it, it's super sad. So the Metroid comes in, it heals you, and it starts attacking the mother. And it's like sucking on its head, and it's killing it. The mother drops back down. You get healed. While it's healing you, the mother comes back up, starts attacking the Metroid. The Metroid dies. But while dying, it gives you like this, you know, superpower. And so you just fucking attack this bitch, right? You're, you're just going to town, killing it. And then it dies. And then you have a couple minutes to run out and get in your spaceship. Oh, yeah. But it kind of leads into Super Metroid, which kind of follows the storyline right This is Super Metroid. Oh, I thought we were talking about regular Metroid. No, this is Super Metroid. Okay, either way, my brain's fried right now. (laughs) Sorry. It sounds like the end of Metroid. That would would lead into, um, I think, Other M... Is that what it's called for the Wii? Oh, wait, no, that would be uh, Metroid Prime. That's what it leads into. Yes, yes, that's what it leads into. And so, and it goes from there and it says how the baby came and saved you. Yeah. And it was like, it was really sweet, really, really cute. It's sad. I mean, obviously, Samus felt something and it was was sad. And I think that's why I put that one as last. You don't think about that as a kid. You're just like, okay, this thing, like, it helped me out, whatever. But then when you start playing other games, you actually get Samus's point of view. She's like, you know, the baby came and saved me. It sacrificed itself. And you can actually, it shows her point of view while it's happening. And it's just really fucking sad. Wow. Yeah. Just tugs on the feels when you're an adult now. It does. It really does. You go, Samus, and you go, baby. <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> but that is it. That is it for our boss battle theme. I say, with all the wonderful bosses that are female characters, like who doesn't enjoy a strong woman coming across and just smacking the shit out of you in the game? Exactly. I mean, it doesn't happen enough, but I think some of the most memorable bosses are women bosses. Yeah. 
I mean, they have, like, awesome fucking outfits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> number one. And number two, they're usually, like, very conniving. They're, they're tricksters. There is this huge story behind them. And then you find out that it's most of the time, like, a sad story or something's going on. Or they can't control it, being possessed. And so it's really interesting. Oh, yes. Like, when they were talking, like, last episode about comic book heroes and all that... There are a lot of strong female characters in there that make him memorable as well. Right. But same thing like like with this one, we're talking about video game characters and with boss battles. You got the hero that everyone remembers, Laura Croft. Mm-hmm. Imagine if she was a final boss. She's a, she's a good architect. She's a good hero. I don't know if she'd be much of a struggle as a villain. You never know. She might get possessed and then try to kill somebody and eat the, rip out their heart and eat it. <laughs> okay, I guess if she gets possessed, I guess so. Maybe. Maybe Laura Croft is like the super villain and we will never know. No. But that is it. That is it for episode five of Boss Battles. Good episode. Good episode. Clap, clap. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, we're at Raging Nerds Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have our own website, RagingNerdsPod.com. We're going to be at Comic Palooza. Remember to check us out. Get a $20 t shirt. Super cheap. Come on. They are limited edition. They are. They are. There's. We only ordered what? I don't know. A four, box. <laughs> 14, 15 shirts. Yeah. So come on, guys. We only have 14, 15. So you got to find us out. Um,. You can reach me at Thirsty Erica. Um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, a bunch of other media platforms with that name. You can check John out. I am at Dogfin Studios on Facebook, Twitter, um, I think Instagram now, unless it's still on the old yes. one. Uh, but you can also email me at dogfinstudios at gmail.com. And you can email me at thirsty at ragingnerdspod.com. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on our social media. We give away a bunch of movie tickets all the time, event tickets. Send us some questions for the show. Ask us to do a topic. Totally up for it. And remember to catch us at Comic Palooza, guys. Yes. Find us. We do sign autographs for free. We'll sign anything. Free. I'll sign anything. Even if it's a piece of paper, that's a permission <laughs> slip. I don't care. <laughs> no phrase. I don't want to. I never that said that. No I offense. never said that this time. No offense. I'm just saying. I'm just saying no phrase. No offense. No offense, guys. I'm not going to do anything with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Bye, all. <laughs>